Wow, glory to God. Well, we've been ministering on these core values, and I tell you, even as we've been talking about truth, talking about excellence, uh, the Lord has been showing up. And one thing that, uh, you know, even Pastor Gabe, you know, mentioned, you know, that truth will show up in all types of things, to where stuff, if it might be wrong, it'll come to light, whether it might be for possession or anything. So, again, we want to make sure that the truth of the Lord continues to prevail. And then on this Sunday, uh, he brought a serious, very practical but profound word on integrity. And, of course, integrity is our our core value. So we're going to continue on in that same vein tonight because integrity is absolutely key. Integrity is is fundamental and monumental. Integrity is fundamental and monumental. So we're going to flow with some things tonight. Uh, this is one of the things, as a matter of fact, I give a little backdrop even before we get started. Of course, you know, there's some things, uh, <clears throat> just, just as a moment of encouragement and just to drop a little nugget of wisdom for people, it is always good to be praying in the Holy Ghost. Always good to be praying in the Holy Ghost and establishing that relationship uh, because Pastor Gabe was actually supposed to bring the word tonight. And so, of course, there's some things that he has to take care of on the home front. And so, um, you know, for me, I wasn't scheduled to be bringing a word. But this is the cool thing about the Holy Ghost. This is why we always want to be praying in the Spirit and just being in the presence of the Lord. Because whether you have a title or not, ministry will always have to be ready in season and out of season. And then when we just spend that time with the Lord, I don't care if you're even doing things throughout the day. This is one of the things that we've been encouraging. I've been wanting to encourage more and more is just building your capacity in the spirit with so that way you're always ready. You're always open to what it is that God gives you. And so while I'm sitting here in the midst of just setting up, the Lord just dropped something very quickly. And I'm like, man, it's all and you know, it's his mind because I didn't have time to think of it. So I'm just jotting down. <laughs> what it is, what it is that he's saying. So I don't know specifically what the title is tonight, but I know there's going to be some things that we're going to be talking about in regards to integrity. And so uh, we're going to look, walk through this uh, gentleman who we're familiar with, but there's some key nuggets that are going to be key. And really, I believe what God has for the finish up tonight is really to set us up in position for what it is that he really wants to kind of bust open in our lives and on our behalf tonight. So I'm really excited. I was like, man, God didn't see this coming, but he did. Because of what he values. So again, integrity. So there's some four points, four keys, four uh, nuggets that we want to talk about tonight. But first thing right here, integrity, you must be determined to hold on tightly to integrity at all costs. You must be determined to hold on to integrity at all costs. And we're going to jump right into our scripture, Job chapter 2, one that we're familiar with. Job chapter 2, verse starting with verse 1. Hold on to integrity at all costs. Have you ever had something in your life that you just considered was a (laughs) non-negotiable? Even when you were, quote, unquote, uh, uh, you know, I'm just even thinking of a yard sale, and sometimes something winds up in there and be like, hold up, no, this ain't for sale. (laughs) And somebody's trying to bargain and trying to negotiate. Well, it's out here. It's like, look, this got out here by mistake. (laughs) but this is a non-negotiable. You can't put a price on this because this is not for sale. This is something that is still in use in our household. 
<laughs> so someone just say this right now, my integrity is not for sale. <laughs> and so that means we have to hold on to it at all costs. And we're familiar with Job, but sometimes if you haven't read it in a while, there's some things that God will speak to you uh, that will really jump out uh, like never before. And I guess I'm going to camp out in the Amplified tonight. Again, well, I'll bounce between the Amplified and the New King James. Again, there was a day when the sons of God, the angels, came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan, the adversary, and the accuser came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? And Satan, the adversary, and the accuser answered the Lord, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down on it. And the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job, that there was none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who reverently fears God and abstains from and shuns all evil because it is wrong. And still he holds fast his integrity, although you moved me against him to destroy him without cause. And so we see here something that we're familiar with, but I've always find this just real interesting that here Satan shows up when the sons of God are being presented. And then the Lord's like, where you been? And then, of course, Satan's been like, man, you know, I've just been roaming to and fro. And then, of course, this is the second presentation where Satan shows up. And so, again, you must hold must be determined to hold on tightly <clears throat> to integrity at all costs. And so, of course, we see that the accuser was before the father, saying that it was only the blessing of the Lord that Job was able to love God. He's like, well, Job is only doing this because you've been blessing him. And that there's been a hedge of protection. And of course, there's been a second this is the second presentation because, you know, Satan's is like, well, look, let me, let, me do, let me do this. And the guy was like, okay, you can touch this, but don't touch his life. And so now this is the second presentation. So when we're talking about holding on to integrity, being determined to hold on to integrity at all costs, because guess what? Integrity can cost you. <clears throat> and at some point, <clears throat> it will cost you. Here's some of the things that integrity can cost you. And you know, integrity can cost you a job. Because you make a determination here, you could have a corporation that says, hey, you know, we have to show these numbers for accountable persons. So now we don't have these numbers. So now what we need to do, we need you to be able to make up something so that way we can present ourselves in the right light. So now... Your job could be hanging in the balance whether or not you're going to choose, well, let me go ahead and fudge and let me go ahead and lie so that way my company can look good. Or am I going to tell the truth and then risk losing my job, depending upon the supervisor because the supervisor is feeling pressure. And then now I'm going to feel the same pressure that they're feeling even more so because I'm not the decision maker. But integrity can cost you your job. And it's worth it. <laughs> Here's another thing integrity can cost. Integrity can cost you a relationship. <laughs> Integrity can cost you a relationship. <clears throat> and here's another word of encouragement. Don't let accusations cause you to lose your grip on your integrity. Anyone ever been falsely accused before? <laughs> and then... 
under the pressure of false accusations, what it is, you can start thinking all types of things. Emotions can begin to rise up. Feelings can begin to take place. <laughs> and this is what I say here. In those moments, you have to tell yourself to get a grip. <laughs> you have to literally get a grip because what the enemy will start to do uh, under the accusations is really trying to loosen your grip on integrity and everything that centers and anchors you. So hold fast. Be determined that you will not lose your grip on integrity. What people and situations will come to do is to have you lose your grip to get you to do things that you said you would never do. Trials will come. People will say certain things to see, to look for compromise, to look for inconsistencies. Be determined, no matter what it costs, that you will hold on to, to, hold on to your integrity. Here's the thing, when you come under false accusations, Satan is actually just doing his job. <laughs> Think it not strange when somebody lies on you. When something gets said about you and nowadays, when something gets tweeted out or reported about you, think it not strange or texted about you even behind your back. It's under that same spirit of false accusation. It's, it's satanic. And what he was doing was attacking Job's character. And we know integrity is a character. And you doing, being who you are behind closed doors when nobody's watching. But again, we live in an age today where you can be falsely accused anonymously. And people would rather believe and run with the lie before the truth parts his lips. And in that, <laughs> that can knock you off your center. That can knock you off your core. I think I shared this story uh, at one point, but again, when people are say certain things about you, that's when you need people to be able to speak up on your behalf for the truth. Here's another thing with integrity. This is how integrous Job was. It's in Job 31 verse 1, and we'll come back to look at some other verses with that. But integrity is key, and you, have to, you must be determined to hold on tightly to integrity at all costs. He says this, I have made a covenant with my eyes. Why then should I look upon a young woman? <clears throat> In other words, why should I look upon a young maiden with lust? Integrity is key. And even with lust. And then what, what it goes on to say this, For what is the allotment of God from above? And the inheritance of the Almighty from on high? Is it not destruction for the wicked and disaster for the workers of iniquity? Here's one thing in regards to integrity, and it might not apply to anybody here, but it's worth being said. Because I understand that spirit of lust. It's, it's a real thing. It's very real. Because I've had to deal and overcome and battle and lose and then win consistently dealing with pornography. That's a real thing, but it has to deal with core values and integrity. And so just because you're able to clear your history on an internet browser doesn't mean you have a clear history. <clears throat> it's real. 
Because, I, I, you know, when you're under that deception and compromising your integrity, you start to find ways to stay compromised. So this is transparent. I definitely don't mind sharing this because this isn't like an issue. Oh, my gosh, I wish this was Sunday. Maybe I have to say this again. <laughs> but it's a stronghold. It is a super huge stronghold. And I think about on it where my, my innocence got compromised at the age of eight. I had an older cousin. And I remember we stayed up late. We were all at grandma's house. And then this was back in the days when you had like the bunny at rabbit ears, antennas, and all that type of stuff. And then he was just an older cousin. He was like 14, whatever the case may be. He was older. And so he was trying to do this type of stuff. And then we're all the little cousin boys staring at the TV, trying to look at some type of images of, of things. And so now from then on, you learn how to do things discreetly and have integrity compromised in that regard. Eventually, what wound up happening, the Lord exposed it because part of me getting arrested had to deal with just stealing some bad magazines. <laughs> well, at least that was the time I got caught. So I was like, man, thank you, Jesus, wasn't because I've stolen other bigger stuff before. But that was the time I got caught. And I was like, man, God, he exposed it. It's all out. But needless to say, God doesn't want us to keep living a compromised integrity. Make a covenant with the eyes. Hold fast to it. Here's the thing. It'll be stuff that pops up now. I remember just even driving on 95, the interstate. And then you just look up at a billboard real quick, stuck in traffic, and it'll have something about a strip club. It's like, oh, my gosh, let me just keep my eyes straight. The enemy all the way around trying to compromise the integrity of people in general. So much so to where you have people that, that compromise and don't even realize it's a compromise anymore. It just becomes normal. We become so insensitive. I remember where it got to one point where I didn't even feel bad. Looking at certain things, and it's like, well, man, you know what? This is what you start to think. Well, man, it's just natural. It's not. It's not, it's not the supernatural that, that, that God intends. But here's the other thing. I realize you can also look lustfully at opportunities. <laughs> Meaning this, if it's an opportunity that, you, that seems like, it, it, well, let me say this, let me slow this down. You can also look lustfully at opportunities. And what this means, this is to see a good thing with an impure motive or heart. And even if you think, Oh, my gosh. Whether business or even a platform sense. And it's like, well, man, this just seems like, man, God would want me to be in this situation. And then you're compromising the integrity. Here's some things where it's like, hey, you know, what? we want to give you this platform, but you can't say Jesus. Well, man, you know what? God, God will feel good about that. Let me go ahead and take this opportunity and let me just not mention God or anything. If that's the all the way pull, it's like, well, man, what am I really going to do here? Or if it's a business deal, that seems like a good thing. Or if you're strongly considering an opportunity that will result in the abuse or taking advantage of a thing. 
then integrity needs to circumvent that decision. I think about the decision uh, a business transaction in hindsight that seemed like it was good because everybody was doing it. But then come to find out that transaction was actually causing hurt on other people. And then the thought could come, well, man, you know what? They're not lovers of God. This is what they get anyways. That's still not integrity. And so <laughs> the definition of circumvent, integrity needs to circumvent that decision. This is what I found out one of the definitions. It means to make surrender. So whether it's lusting after a thing, lusting after a person, lusting after an opportunity, or even a situation to where, to where it gets impure. Because, you know, you can lust after objects, too. Yeah, circumvent, C-R-R-C-U-M-V-E-N-T, is to make surrender. So integrity needs to circumvent decisions when compromise is, 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 is lurking. So integrity needs to make compromise surrender. But when you are determined to hold fast to your integrity, it can remain strong. Here's number two. Integrity is integrity in prosperity or calamity. <laughs> integrity is integrity in prosperity or calamity, meaning it doesn't change. Same chapter, verses 9 through 10, because it was a whole bunch of stuff that started happening to Job. Job got some sores, <laughs> skin disease on him. And then verse 9, then his wife said to him, do you still hold fast your blameless uprightness, or do you still hold fast in your integrity? Renounce God and die. As a matter of fact, let me read that in another translation, because it says it even stronger. Yeah, in the King James. Then said his wife unto him, after Job started experiencing these different things, dost thou still retain thy integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? <laughs> Somebody just say, what? <laughs> shall we receive good at the hand of God and shall we not receive evil? In all this did not Job sin with his lips. <laughs> Job chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. So integrity is integrity in prosperity or calamity because Job was very prosperous. Had a bunch of things going on, offered sacrifices for his children. The whole nine, he was a blessed man. And then this calamity starts to happen. But then God made mention of his integrity. But then his wife said, why are you still holding on to your integrity? 
Why don't you go ahead and curse God and die? Anyone ever been in a situation where it feels like all hell is breaking loose? I'm telling you, when it seems like, and we've had these moments where it seems like one thing after another, and Job literally, literally had one traumatic thing come before him, so much so close that as one person was telling one bad thing, they didn't even finish their sentence before more bad news came. Now that's one thing after, and so his wife, can you imagine, Job says, I'm maintaining my integrity, but his wife says, man, curse God and die. Forget all this integrity stuff. And I don't and I, know, for, for a moment, you know, maybe I add my culture and ethnicity to it, but I like how in King James it said, what, and then question mark before he st- went on. He said, what? I remember one time we were going through <laughs> A Wendy's, and uh, I was with my wife. It was late at night. We were coming from somewhere, and so we stopped off at Wendy's, and then we had pulled up, and then the dude from the announcer had said something on the intercom. We were, uh, we were getting ready to take our order, and he said something. I thought he was saying something smart as my wife was ordering, and I promise you something rose up on the inside of me. I said, what? I got mad because I thought he said something bad about my wife. And I pulled up to the drive through window with a scowl on my face. And then the person was like, look, I'm so sorry. I was talking on the headphones to somebody else that was working. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> that was my attitude. That was that, look, you're not going to be talking to my wife like that. I was ready to hop out the car and jerk that person through that window. Thank God I have a different mindset now. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Don't play my baby, though. <laughs> but Job was like, what? To his wife, he's like, what, what are you talking about? Curse God and die. How are we going to receive all these blessings, and, but, then not have, but then feel like God's still not going to be there if we're suffering? It's not the most popular word to teach on. But I tell you what, it's biblical. <laughs> Somebody just say suffer. (laughs) Instead of cursing God, Job chose to bless the Lord. We find this is the attitude of integrity. It's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 through 13. I love how Paul says this. We are hedged in, pressed on every side, troubled and oppressed in every way, but not cramped or crushed. We suffer embarrassments. Anyone ever been embarrassed before? And are perplexed and unable to find a way out, but not driven to despair. We are pursued, persecuted, and hard-driven, but not deserted to stand alone. We are struck down to the ground, but never struck out and destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the liability and exposure to the same putting to death that the Lord Jesus suffered. That's a mature word. So that the resurrection life of Jesus also may be shown forth by and in our bodies. That means we have to go through some things. For we who live are constantly experiencing being handed over to death for Jesus' sake, that the resurrection life of Jesus also may be evidenced through our flesh, which is liable to death. Thus, death is actively at work in our, 
in us, but it is in order that our life may actively be at work in you. Yet we have the same spirit of faith as he wrote, I have believed and therefore have spoken. We too believe and therefore we speak. This is the attitude of integrity in calamity. Like even if I'm hard pressed on every side, I'm not compromising. Even though it feels like I'm being crushed, this is one thing that I realized. As a matter of fact, I remember preaching on this message, uh, God has a crush on you. I started talking about just the process of what it takes to get oil. It has to be. There was a thing just even, I was just saying today, and I don't know if it was today or even yesterday, but I was like, God, I thank you, Lord, for just continuing to break me. So that way that the value that he's placed on the side of me can continue to come forth even more so. God, I thank you for piercing through the layers. God, continue to crush some of the old things so that way the anointing can come forth in greater purity. It's not a popular prayer. God, crush me. But what happens as a result is something real beautiful and God-glorifying and honoring. And this is how we live our lives. <laughs> this is the attitude of integrity and calamity. It remains the same whether in prosperous times or in tough times. I remember when we got a notice on our house, a pink slip, to where it was a foreclosure. We had tried to remodify our loan, and then the company that held the mortgage would not do it. We got an offer for a, a, a short term. I'm, I'm blanking out on the terminology right now, but we got an offer, and they would not accept it. And I'm like, man, why not? Embarrassed. You know it's embarrassed because we stayed in a nice neighborhood and come home and see a little pink note on the door, and we stayed like right at the front of the entrance. I was like, Lord Jesus. Then I took the note, and I'm like, man, what are we supposed to do? Nothing we could do. Wildly enough, the, how, after we, we had to move out, shame, move into a smaller place. It's like, man, God, we had to put a whole bunch of our stuff in storage. Integrity still had to remain. I was so hurt. I'm like, God, I did everything I knew to do. We prayed. We did all this kind of stuff. We got an offer in, and, and it, it wasn't accepted. So now... The house stayed on the market, and the company wound up taking, I don't know what they were doing, but they wound up getting a lesser offer than what we were presenting. And I was like, man, God. Could have done all types of things to try to compromise and try to finagle and, and do whatever the case to save face. But I was like, man, you know what? We, we got to go through this thing. But God was building something. One, learning some things, but then it was a building integrity in the process. That's a real situation. It's hard, very painful. And here, I'm, I'm youth pastor had a title, and we were rocking and rolling in some prosperous times. We had houses. Had a nice little Cadillac and all this type. Man, we had some stuff. This is connected to that situation where you make some business decisions and it wound up hurting some other people that it didn't realize. It cost. 
And truth be told, this is how cool God is. There, were, there actually was a way of escape. There was one word of wisdom that I remember where someone's like, man, you know what? Something just don't seem right about that. I just looked at everybody else. I said, hey, yeah, go for it. But God will give you a word. <laughs> Every time he will give you a word. And then when you think back on it, it's like, Lord, that was you. I looked at everything else that seemed like God was blessing. <laughs> and he wasn't because there were some integrous things going on. See, blessings can look like blessings on the outside, but this is what I realized. You know, the enemy can empower you to prosper too. But his comes with a cost. The blessings of the Lord make rich, and there ain't no sorrow attached to it. So that's why we have to be discerning in this matter. So even if you're holding on to integrity and you have to go through some crushing, hold on to it. Because this is why integrity has eternity in view. Integrity has eternity in view. Same chapter in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, but then a few verses later, 16 through 18. This is so cool. Anyone ever go through some pain and it felt like, or maybe you're in the middle of it, and it feels like, man, <laughs> it's, it's real. That it seems like, like man, this ain't ever going to end. Or you go through a crush and it's like, man, how long have we been in this? When I think about it right now, oh my goodness, it has been a decade since that ordeal that we had went through financially and businesses collapsing and all that. And I'm like, man, God, we still haven't gotten back to that same point financially. And the Lord reminded me, he's like, yeah, but I ain't forgotten. You maintain integrity on the courts, federal court stand. He reminded me, he's like, you know, it's been 10 years. He's because I thought about it, he's like, yeah, that person that, that went to jail, your business partner, it's like, yeah, he's going to be getting out this year. And I was like, oh, wow. He's like, I didn't forget about your integrity. I don't even know fully what that meant. But I was like, I was like Lord, this has been a rough 10 years from that uh, recession, you know, the housing market, the bubble crash. Yeah, we felt all that. Not, not everybody did, but yeah, we felt all of that. But the integrity that remained throughout holds eternity in view, because I wasn't just thinking about myself. So it says this, what we experience on earth for however long is temporary. Someone should just exhale right there. It's like, whew. <laughs> That's so amazing because how God defies, defines time. It's like, Lord, are you serious? <laughs> what we experience on earth for however long is temporary. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't read the scripture yet, but here we go. Verse 16 through 18, therefore we do not become discouraged, utterly spiritless, exhausted and wearied out through fear, my God. Though our outer man is progressively decaying and wasting away, yet our inner self is being, is being progressively renewed day after day. So guess what? Maybe you got a little older, but your inward man just got a little better. <laughs> for our light momentary affliction now think about whatever it is you could be good or but if you're dealing with a challenge right now just say it is light it is momentary I need to say that again let me say that for myself it is light 
and it is momentary. But for a moment, for our light momentary affliction, this slight distress of the passing hour is ever more and more abundantly preparing and producing and achieving. What a combo. It is ever more preparing. Somebody say preparing. And producing and achieving for me an everlasting weight of glory. My God. <laughs> this has been a challenging year for some. Guess what it's been producing? Guess whatever. It's been preparing and producing and achieving for you an everlasting weight of glory. Beyond all measure, this is the Amplify, excessively surpassing all comparisons and all calculations. A vast and transcendent glory and blessedness never to cease. Oh, someone just shout to God for that right there. Come on. Oh, what a preparation. Thank you, Lord, for the preparation. Thank you, Lord, for the preparation. Because it's producing and what it's producing. And then here we go. Since we consider and look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen, for the things that are visible are temporal, brief, and fleeting. But the things that are invisible are deathless and everlasting. Integrity has eternity in view. It's not about just what we go through on earth. And I'm telling you, oh my goodness. However long we live, it is but a brief moment compared to eternity. Forever, forever, ever, forever, ever. We can't even grasp forever. It is literally beyond our minds. But if it's producing a glory, if what we have to go through in light of, in calculations, it's like, Lord, I don't want to have to go through this. But man, if we could only get a glimpse of what it produces for eternity, then it'd be like, oh man, this scale, the weight is, the balance is, wow. My goodness. Oh, and again, I think back, the loss and the hurt, because the Lord, he was like, man, he's, because that pain can linger. And there's some deep kind of stuff that we can go through to where it's felt like, well, man, and we held on fast to integrity, and it cost us, and we got scars to prove it. Holding on to integrity, we got scars to prove that. There, there's wounds that come with this. <laughs> but it's beautiful. Ah, my God, I just got, I just saw Jesus say, hey, yeah. What I was doing on the cross, I was holding on to integrity. When everyone was saying, get down, save yourself. He's like, oh, integrity costs. cost you your life. But he had eternity in view. His whole earthly ministry had eternity in view. And here's the thing. Here's the third point. You can't value the integrity of a thing or a person until it is tested. You got to be tested. Again, and again, and again. 
How did that test go this on Monday? Yay, she got her hand up. <laughs> I just got a little revelation. The first course that I'm taking in seminary right now is called Academic Success. And what it is, it's really to get our mindset and our, and our habits and thinking uh, towards the rigors of what's going to be taking place in seminary. So it's, kind of, it's light just to kind of get us to understand research and things of that nature. So many of the tests that, uh, matter for all of the tests that I've had to take so far, and this information I've never seen before, I was like, man, I don't have no idea what they're talking about, but this is so good. It's an open book test. <laughs> and, and it's still hard. <laughs> it's an open book, multiple choice test. And I'm like, oh my Jesus. It's still hard. And I remember one test that I took, and I, and I took it, oh, Here's some revelation. I took it late because I, I got too busy. And at the last possible moment when I had to do my test, I took it late. I was exhausted. And then I saw stuff and I, and I, was, and I had a cram reading. And then I took my test, still open book, and I thought the answers were right. And I wound up getting a C. I will never get another C again. That is ridiculous. But needless to say, we live in an open book test. We have an open book test. Now, here's the thing. It ain't something where we could, <laughs> that's why I say we have to build capacity because when, when your integrity gets tested, now it ain't time to be trying to cram. What does the Bible say about this? You got to have some things that's already built up. Building yourself up in your most holy faith. This is one thing that I realize about an open book test. You better read. Because now when you get tested, the questions are going to come in a format that isn't just verbatim what you just read. So now you're going to have to understand the spirit, the heart, the content of what you read. So now you can answer a question that might be a little bit different. Same thing in the spirit. Some stuff will begin to show up. So you got to make sure that, oh, man, you know what? Oh, this is a little different. But now I don't spend some time with the Lord. Now I can go to the book and understand God's heart, God's mind, and how to address this matter. Because guess what? You're going to get tested, and you're going to get tested again. You're going to get tested again. And Satan's going to come again. Hey, let me see if they're weak today. He's only got but so much. He, he's a fallen angel. He's only got but so much, so he just tries to come around again. It's like, well, let me see if I can rephrase this question differently. But it's like, nope, I'm going to still choose the right answer. Oh, but here's one of the cool things about this open book test. Three of the answers, and, some, and many of them, are so ridiculous. Some of the answers are so ridiculous because guess what? When you get this test, it's like, look, we want you to succeed. That's why the course is called Academic Success. We just want to make sure that you understand this. So now when the tests come, God's not doing this for your failure. He's got your success in mind. He's like, look, I'm not testing you just so you can fail. No, but I want you to succeed. And then you're going to recognize, then you're going to become more aware of the enemy's tactics. And then you're going to become even more skilled and more sharp. But you have to be tested. Integrity has to be tested. Anointing, everything has to be tested at every level. People say, I want the anointed. Well, you got to be tested. 
You can't ask for an anointing and then not want to be crushed. <laughs> Job says this in Job chapter 31, verse 6. If I have walked in f- with falsehood, or if my foot has hastened to deceit, let me be weighed on honest scales that God may know my integrity. That's the New King James Version. Job chapter 31, verse 6. Let me see if I can pull that up and see what it says in the Amplified. Job chapter 31, verse 6. There we go. Oh, let me be weighed in a just balance and let him weigh me that God may know my integrity. Meaning God is weighing, God is measuring, God is testing. And I'm telling you, integrity is doing what's right no matter what. (laughs) Doing what's right no matter what's wrong. That's true, because here's the other thing. When things are wrong, oh, yeah, when things are wrong, even in a business, even in an organization, a company, whatever the case may be, even in a family, when things are wrong, integrity says, hey, I'm not going to do what everybody else is doing, because I know I'm going to get tested. Job had three friends that thought that they were giving him wise counsel. (laughs) It's a test when your closest relationships offer unsound advice. Because then it comes down to whose voice are you going to listen to? And you'll feel the pressure to go with their advice because they're close to you, especially if you're dealing with a hellish situation. Because it seems like the friends, because those friends came, it's like, man, let's go see how Job is doing. (laughs) <laughs> they thought they were giving Job good counsel, and they weren't giving him good counsel. But it sounded right. <clears throat> we remember Jesus was tested in the garden and got some seemingly good advice. Turn these stones into bread. Go ahead. You're hungry. Man, you've been fasting. You've been pouring out. You've been getting crushed, Jesus. You've earned this. Go ahead. Look at them stones. And I can imagine after 40 days where stones would literally start to look like bread. <laughs> it's like, woo. <laughs> I, I can imagine you start seeing things, man. And the enemy even used scripture. That Jesus, go ahead, Jesus, demonstrate your power. But it was a source that it came from. Here's the thing. Integrity doesn't fold under the pressure of convenience. When it's being tested, integrity does not fold just because something is convenient. Anyone ever try to be inte- have, maintain integrity on a diet? It's like, yeah, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to do this thing. And then it ain't stones, but sometimes it could be scones that start talking to you. <laughs> Pastries. <clears throat> hey, you walking past the kitchen knowing that you're supposed to be fasting and and then that fool would say, psst. <laughs> psst, psst. Like, hey, you, hey, I mean, I know you fasting, but shucks. 
You done made it to lunchtime. Go ahead, take a little snack. <laughs> you don't need to fast the whole day. You're being too spiritual. Even though God said, hey, I need you to fast today. <laughs> and we thank him for his mercy, but this is the testing. This is part of integrity. And then it's like, Lord's like, okay. You missed that test, but let's bring it back around because I want your success. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I'm weighing this thing out because I'm trying to set you up for some things. <laughs> you think this fast is just for you. No, 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 no. It's, 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 it's for something else that I'm setting up for. You think this being stringent, well, Lord, I don't, oh, man, here's another thing. I don't want to be in a routine. God's like, look, I'm giving you a routine because I need you to know how to steward time. Be integ- have integrity with time that I've given you. Because then you're going to be jealous about somebody else who got the same amount of time you did. <coughs> integrity doesn't fold under the pressure of convenience and temporary relief. Here's another thing that's encouraging. <laughs> Valuing integrity, fourth thing, brings value. So let me go ahead and kind of bring this back again. First point, you must be determined to hold on tightly to integrity at all costs. Two, integrity is integrity in prosperity or calamity. Three, you can't value the integrity of a thing or a person until they are tested. Matter of fact, let me go back to that point because I just thought about this. I put this in a song, but I was like, man, a person could be holding a Bible in their right hand, but just watch what they're doing with their left also. (laughs) They could have a Bible in one hand, but it's like, okay, what you doing with the other hand? I guess, again, that goes back to showing that good foot. (laughs) And therefore, valuing integrity brings value. Although integrity costs you, the dividends have a great return. Integrity costs, absolutely. Not compromising costs, absolutely. It can, it can cost you some opportunities that seem real great. It's okay. But I said it this, matter of fact, this past Sunday during the offering, it was said that integrity is a denomination of the currency of heaven. I need to say that again. Integrity is a denomination of the currency of heaven. Pose this question, which we're familiar with, but it's so good to see. What did God exchange Job's integrity for when it was all said and done? My man, double. Job chapter 42, verse 7. Let's start there. This is in the Amplified. After the Lord has spoken the previous words to Job, the Lord said to Eliphaz, the Temanite, my wrath is kindled against you and against your two friends. Now, these are the people that thought that they was giving Job some good advice. For you have not spoken of me the thing that is right as my servant Job has. 
Because people are talk saying that they're giving good counsel, but it ain't God counsel. Huge difference. They're just giving their opinion. What you want is people that can point you back to the word, point you back to his presence. If they're just giving you his, if, if they're just giving you their opinion, saying that they're discerning something and it's not anchored with the word, then it has no value. And then you don't, you weigh that against truth. So again, this is God speaking to them now. For you have not spoken of me the thing that is right as my servant Job has. Now therefore take seven bullocks and seven rams and go to my servant Job and offer up for yourselves a burnt offering. And my servant Job shall pray for you. <laughs> for I will accept his prayer that I deal not with you after your folly. And that you have not spoken of me the thing that is right, as my servant Job has. So Aliphaz, the Temanite, and Bildad, the Shuhite, and Zophar, the Namathite, went and did as the Lord commanded them, and the Lord accepted Job's prayer. Now, that is so amazing. When you hold on to integrity, the same people that spoke or even gave you bad counsel or spoke ill of you, in some form or fashion, whether they directly, but the truth about your integrity will come forth. Some people are going to have to come back and repent. They're going to have to come back and say, hey, man, you know what? What I said, what I thought was off. Just give it time. But it has to happen. Verse 10, and the Lord turned the captivity of Job and restored his fortunes. When he prayed for his friends, so now when they come back to you, guess what? You guys, you still got to pray for him. <laughs> right. When people, when people do you wrong or say or give you some bad advice, guess what? And I think about all the, the bad situation that, that I got in, and I was, and you know, you start to blame people. It's like, man, you were supposed to be looking out for me. You can't be bad advice. And the stuff that you think about, the guy's like, yeah, you still got to forgive him. You can't hold that against them. And then we be wanting, it's like, God, well, can they just apologize to me? What if they don't? Integrity says, hey, you know what? You don't even have to apologize. I'm going to maintain because I'm, I'm holding on to eternity. If some people do apologize, great. And the Lord, verse 10, and the Lord turned the captivity of Job and restored his fortunes when he prayed for his friends. <laughs> After he prayed for his friends, after he forgave, after he released, then the fortunes were restored. Somebody got some praying to do. <laughs> right. The same people that gave that bad, anyone ever give you bad advice that you thought was good? Guess what? The people that gave you that bad advice, you got to forgive them too. You can't be sucking your teeth looking at them with a side eye talking about something. Right, whenever you see him, you're like, man, shucks. Whenever you see him, you immediately go back to that situation. Mm, that's real, ain't it? This is how you know when you're on the path of integrity, when you see them and you don't get off that path and go back. Because <laughs> seeing a person, being, that could bring you right back to that situation. Them emotions come all the way back up. And, and then, then you all up in your feelings and not in his presence anymore. 
So that stuff has, and so now what integrity has to do now, again, is like, look, I need to circumvent. This thing has to bow. This thing has to surrender and break that stronghold. Sometimes them people will come around because God's like, hey, this is a test. This is a test. Beep. This is only a test. <laughs> Verse 11, then there came to him. Oh, hold up. Verse 10. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job and restored his fortunes when he prayed for his friends. Woo. Again, I got to say that again. You, you better pray for that person. <laughs> right. Called them friends. Jacked up, folks. You know, even Jesus called Judas a friend. Wow. My goodness. Well, some of y'all are like, man, I got a lot of friends. <laughs> If so, if so, if that be the case, pray for him. <laughs> but if, if those enemies, if you can say, look, I got a lot of friends, pray for him. My goodness, as wrong as they might be, pray for him. <clears throat> also, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Oh, someone just hold out two hands right there. It's like, Lord, yes. <laughs> twice as much joy, twice as much peace, twice as much prosperity, twice as much happiness, twice as much resources. This is because, this is because you know, but you, you got to pray for them first. So this, this hands is symbolic, but if you got them hands out and receiving, but you ain't pray yet, then pray first. I think I need to read this again. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job and restored his fortunes. I believe that there's some captivity being turned right now and a restoration of fortunes right now. When he prayed for his friends, also the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Then there came to him all his brothers and sisters and all who had known him before, meaning the family. And they ate bread with him in his house, and they sympathized with him and comforted him over all the distressing calamities that the Lord had brought upon him. Every man also gave him a piece of money, and every man an earring of gold. And the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. For he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. He also had seven sons and three daughters. I got the three daughters part. And he called the name of the first Jemima. In the name of the second, Keziah. In the name of the third, Karen, Hap that. Verse 15, and in all the land there were no women so fair as the daughters of Sir Walter. And their father gave them, that's Job, <laughs> of the daughters of Job. And their fathers gave them an inheritance among their brothers. After this, Job lived 140 years and saw his sons and his son's sons even to four generations. So Job died an old man and full of days. Integrity is a denomination of the currency of heaven, but it pays back double. Integrity is a denomination of the currency in heaven that pays back double. I want to read this one other scripture. I think this is just good and prophetic. Instead of your former shame, oh, put your eyes on this. Isaiah 61, verse 7 through 9, we can stand. At, yep, Isaiah chapter 61, verse 7 through 9, and then we can stand. 
And let's read this together in unison. For those that do have the Amplified, you can read it Amplified. If you have a different translation, you can read it in different translation. I don't know, does everybody have King James? Is that the one that everybody has? Eh, it don't matter. <laughs> Just read it so that, put your eyes on it. <laughs> For those that have the Amplified, I'm going to be reading it out the Amplified. <clears throat> but then let's read it together. And then whatever translation that you have, Isaiah chapter 61, verses 7 through 9, and I'm just going to stop and call out each verse. Oh, never mind, I can't. Let me pull it up in another translation. Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 61. <clears throat> All right, and we're going to read verse 7 right now. Ready? One, two, three. Instead of your former shame, you shall have a twofold recompense. Instead of dishonor and reproach, your people shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double what they had forfeited. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. For the Lord loved justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing with violence or a burnt offering, and I will faithfully give them their recompense in truth. Sounds like a good core value, don't it? And I will make an everlasting covenant or league with them. And their offspring shall be known among the nations and their descendants among the people. All who see them in their prosperity will recognize and acknowledge that they are the people whom the Lord has blessed. My goodness. Turn to someone and say, I recognize you as the person whom the Lord has blessed. I recognize you as the person whom the Lord has blessed. Woo, turn to someone else and just say that. Say, I see you. <laughs> I recognize you as the person whom the Lord has blessed. Come on, people of integrity. People of integrity. There was double. Somebody just shout double. Whoa, 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 Thank you, Holy Ghost. That's how we're going into 2020. Wow. Did y'all see that? I got to say that again. Double 2020. I didn't see that. Wow. My God. Okay, because I told y'all. I'm just writing down as fast as I can. I didn't think about this before. This is what he's setting us up for. The double. Ah! My God, my God, my God. The 2020. Woo! Wow. God hasn't forgotten your integrity. And integrity hasn't forgotten its responsibility to bring about the dividends of double. It has a responsibility. God has given integrity the responsibility that's part of the word. 
It's like, look, and my word will not return it to me void. It has to fulfill its assignment. When you maintain integrity, it has to report back to God, mission accomplished. The double has been released on their behalf. Because they held fast to integrity. Being crushed in all of that. Being persecuted and all, being lied upon, cheated and all of that. Having to do without. Suffering. And that's just in this earth. That's just assignment in earth and then it's still carrying on in eternity. Stuff that's being accomplished. That's when that weight of glory. It's like you get double on this end, the weight of glory in eternity. The full weight. You get a portion of it now, but you get the fullness of it in eternity. But integrity shapes us to be able to handle it. Integrity shapes us in the character of Christ. That's what it's doing. That's why we have to go through it. Because of Jesus. We can't be robbed of any experience that he had. So that way we can experience the full blessing that he paid for. Father, we hold fast to integrity tonight. We bless you, God, for the double. God, I thank you, Lord, for the anointing, strengthening, breathing upon us now. Let your breath, God, breathe a freshness, God, to be able to stand. A new commitment, God. I thank you, God, for a fresh hope, fresh expectation. And I thank you, God, for what integrity is producing. God, even in the areas where we've missed it, I thank you, Lord, that your forgiveness, your grace, your mercy covers. Oh, as a matter of fact, we could just say this because we talked about it before, Lord, and in any area, God, where we've compromised, we say we repent. We have a change of mind right now. God, I thank you, Lord, for loosening lips to be able to pray for the frenemies right now. <laughs> In the name of Jesus, loosen our lips, God, soften our hearts to be able to pray for our enemies as if they were our friends. My God, those that spitefully use us, not just use us, but spitefully use us. I thank you, God, for their sake, for our sake, for your glory. We speak blessings upon them now. Matter of fact, if you got someone in mind, you don't... Just think about them right now and just say, God, I bless them in Jesus' name. I bless them in Jesus' name. I bless them in Jesus' name. I bless them. God, bless them. Prosper them. Show yourself mighty, strong in their lives. Reveal your truth to them. Reveal your integrity to them, God. May they come into your purpose right now. I thank you, God, that you're sending angels, God, to touch their hearts. God, and I thank you, Lord, for this word tonight, that you are setting us up for the double. <laughs> God, that you are positioning us for the double. 
Manakafri Mohot, the 2020 double in the name of Jesus. The recompense, the double portion. God, and we bless you for integrity. Your integrity. <laughs> Your integrity. May it circumvent our own decisions. We surrender to you, and we thank you, Lord, that you're going to get all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's just bless the Lord.